gentlemen welcome to another episode of beyond the blade i am your co-host today chad didimenesis riding with my good man bill shockey and bill i'm gonna mix things up a little bit with the intro today because i don't know what to do with ourselves this is crazy i know i was gonna say pleasantly surprised or shocked surprised i mean what if i told you the sabers are fifth and point percentage right now in the yeah. entire league <laughs> it's it's you know we talked about it before the podcast it's it's we've it's never territory. <laughs> right ever since we've been doing this podcast for three years and they've been terrible for three years i mean we have had a couple stretches in there where they're like eh, they're all right they're not too bad maybe if we kind of win a few games here and i mean nah, here they won 10 out of 13 or something like right that. right and here we are on five game winning streak the last three over tampa bay winnipeg and minnesota all in like dramatic fashion kind of in you will like you know tampa bay and winnipeg were kind of yeah i mean minnesota you hung in there i can kind of see that on back-to-back nights and pominville in the final minute and a half of the game is just i don't know it's storybook yeah it's it's exciting it's fun it's it, it i think fun is the right word it is good for hockey to be fun again and to have conversations about like why like, why isn't Evan Rodriguez playing? That's our biggest issue right now. Like, why isn't Evan Rodriguez playing? Like, that, it, it's kind of <laughs> nice to have that issue and not be complaining about, man, are we going to find Michael Winger who's going to step up and score some goals? It's it's crazy how things can change. And it's, like I said, it's exciting. It definitely has the town and a lot of people excited about this team. That is for sure. Yeah, it's funny. I was actually out <clears throat> with a buddy um, the other night watching the Minnesota game, and uh, he's a avid Leonard, get him out of town, guy. Right. And right. Uh, so, of course, like ten minutes in, he's like, "Oh, if Leonard was in, it'd be six nothing right now." And I actually looked at him and smiled and said, "You know what? I didn't think Leonard was as bad as many people thought he was, but at least I don't have to go talk about it tomorrow." Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that is. That it is. It is a good dang. feeling. I'll give him that. 
yeah, that that I mean that that sums it up. Where it's it, it's fighting with people about like you're losing games, but like it's not really all Leonard's fault though. Like the defense and this and that, it's mm. it's crazy. You're winning gonna, games that you really have no business winning. No, and it's because of your gold. It because of your goals. Like we've talked about, you know, during the Tampa Bay pregame, you know, it's some okay. of it is in spite of the issues you have on this team, which is kind of crazy that you're winning in spite of that still against good teams nonetheless. And like you're beating. Bad teams like you kind of were in October. You're beating the cream right. of the crop of the NHL right now, and you know you're getting. You're, I feel like it's, it's like a Rocky movie. You're you're getting beat up a whole lot throughout that fight, but you know you always somehow manage to get the final knockout in the last round, and that's kind of I, I, that's, that just came to me. But I think that kind of sums it up pretty well how we've we've kind of gone here the last week or two. But yeah, I mean, there it's it's actually a really good analogy. I'm surprised you thought of it on the spot. Where. <laughs> <laughs> You know they're 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 taking a lot of punches. They're at times they aren't looking good. Um, I mean, if for a while in that Tampa Bay game, it looked tank era esque. Um, but I mean, they are just they're they're finding ways. They're finding ways to hang in there. They're getting a little bit of luck with a couple of posts, uh, and next thing you know, they're <laughs> they're winning late or they're finding a late goal to put them on top, or uh, they're winning shootout games. They're winning in overtime. Things that were not happening at all the last three years. And those are the important things. If if you're a bubble team, and, and we expected them to be um, a bubble team, if you're going to get in, you're going to need those extra, you know, give me points. I mean, the Vancouver we talked about last podcast was a big one where you probably shouldn't have gotten any points and you got two out of that one. Uh, Winnipeg, kind of the same thing. And then the Minnesota game to come back uh, from down 2 nothing early to win that one 3-2 is just... I mean, it's always on the cake for the last two weeks. It's been It's been fun to watch. Like you said, it's incredible. Uh, that were kind of in the spot. We, it, we talked about it. Please give us, you know, two out of these four because they're good teams. Uh, and who would have thought you're going into Pittsburgh tomorrow with, you know, six out of six points? Yeah, I mean, you have an opportunity to sweep. I mean, if you if think about a week ago after, I don't know, before the Tampa Bay game. I mean, if, if anybody would have said to you, I, I bet they go 4-0 here, you would go, come on, please, dude. Like, they're not a chance. And, like, even that Minnesota game and they got down 2 nothing early, I'm like, all right. This is the game on back-to-back nights. You just played Tampa right. Bay. You just played like Winnipeg. You're going to lose four to one here, and you know I'm not going to be mad about it. It happens. You know that's what you're going to do. And you know it's it's crazy. Darlene makes that ridiculous <laughs> pass to McCabe, and, yeah. right? And he played great the entire game. And then you get the timely goals, and Pominville rises from the dead again after he went away for a couple of games and. Pulls a spinning no, backhand. No back right. <laughs> it's crazy. It's just it's, off the post and in. It's yeah, just, it's yeah. Nuts. I mean, the the luck they're getting is, is nice. Um, how long it lasts? I mean, at this point, I'm just going to say I'm going to smile and keep waiting and see him. Uh, but yeah, I mean, they're they're taking advantage of the opportunities they're getting where they're hanging in those games, and, and not only are they hanging in, and you know, maybe getting to a shootout or maybe taking to overtime, and getting one, they're somehow getting two. Um, it's it's incredible. It's a lot of fun to watch right now. So I think kind of what we'll start here is, uh, you know, I think, you know, I mentioned Darlene, uh, the defense, you know, I think there's a few things that, you know, I want to, I want to mention here, you know, with this team, it's Darlene is, it, it, the offense is coming. You know, we kept saying, mm-hmm. you know, that the defense has been so good. The defense has been so good. Well, especially in the Minnesota game, I kind of feel like that was maybe his offense coming out party, if you will. I mean, he, for most of that game, he was the only source of offense for that team. And he get, he sets up that goal for the second one or for the first one. The second one he ties it by crashing the net with the loose puck there, and you know he's it's 
you know, somebody said on Twitter, you know, that that's like the first one was that's that's the YouTube highlights you saw before the season started. You know, when they're in draft time, and if you're going to get that type of player to come out now, and he's just coming out now, and you're playing this well, I mean, that's going to go a long way. And then you have Ristolainen in here, who the last three or four games hasn't had me yelling at the TV. I think he's played some of his best hockey we've seen in a while. Bogosian has you know why that might be. Well, we're going we'll to get to, get to, we're get to that in a second. <laughs> Bogosian's playing. I think, okay, there's still some of those Bogosian moments, like the flipping the puck in the neutral zone thing. You know, yeah. we know bothers both of us, just giving the puck right back. Scandella is getting... When he was going to the bench. Right, that goal. I mean, Scandella is getting his minutes reduced. That is good. Uh, Nelson and, you know, uh, Beaulieu are in and out, whatever. But like you said, it's the Minnesota game, the Winnipeg game. I wrote about it. The Athletic wrote about it. You know, Ben Matthews from... You know, writer for Dive of the Blade, he wrote about it too. Housley is finally doing what a lot of people have asked for, what I've asked for. It's not necessarily giving Darlene all of the minutes. It's one of two things. It's giving Darlene more minutes, and then it's also bringing down wrist lines minutes a little bit. But it's playing your top four defense in a way where you're just rotating through. Nobody is tired. Nobody's being overused. The players are fresh throughout the game, and... You know, it's not an ideal scenario to have this top four, you know, with Bogosian and McCabe is kind of questionable too, but I, th- I would put him ahead of Bogosian. But, you know, it's it, it's worked for two games now. And now you're seeing Darlene come out. You're seeing Ristolina not be a mess. And, you know, it's a really good sign that if that's going to continue. I'm curious. Like, I don't know if that's just a by- byproduct of the Sabres playing, you know, on back-to-back nights that he went that route. But I'm curious to kind of see how he goes in Pittsburgh, if he continues to go with that same model and see if it's successful again. You know, the funny thing is, if you want to take a trip down memory lane with me real quick, what, what was the thing that we said before the season started um, that we would look for when it came to Darlene's minutes? And that was we'd give him 20 games to see, you know, get him acclimated with the North American game. He's still a rookie. He's a teenager. We'll see how he looks in the first 20 games. And if he's starting to look well and he's not playing and Risto's still playing 25 minutes to 30 minutes a night, then people are going to start getting angry. We're going to start talking about it. And the funny thing is we we got to like 18 and people started to get really angry about it. (laughs) And you even told yourself to hold off a little bit longer. uh, And games 19, 20 are where you started to see Dowling finally get the minutes that he should be getting because he's showing that he can do it. Like you said, Minnesota was, I think he was, what, 21 minutes about? Uh, I and think he was 19, which is crazy. Bogosian played the most minutes at 22. Ristolainen was 21. McCabe was like 19 and change. And I think Darlene was 19 and change too. So they were all pretty within like a minute or two of each other though. So the thing was, it, you said it was his offensive coming out party. And with that, it, that was with more minutes. And so I, I think the more, obviously, I mean, you drafted him to be this guy, but I mean, we're just trying to remember how he's still a young player and he's going to get acclimated. But I mean, from, I think from what you're seeing right now, he was definitely working on the defensive game early. I think he's feeling more comfortable. I mean, you're going to see mistakes. It's going to happen, but don't crush the the uh, creativity. Right. Just, right. You know, mistakes are going to happen. Let it happen. Play 19 minutes a night. I mean, if he's going to give you even close to what he gave you last night, across you know 60 games that we have left here 62 games i mean i don't see why he shouldn't be playing 18 to 22 ish minutes a night i mean if he starts to get tighter and stuff yeah you can you can dial it back you got four out of six nights here but i i I like what i'm seeing and the way that the offensive is now starting to show 
like you said, it can really only be good things. And if, if there is going to be some kind of dip here in the future, I mean, it's going to come at some point. I think he'll be the one that'll be able to kind of give you that extra stuff that you didn't have last season. Um, that you'll be able to kind of counterbalance that and maybe go 500 as opposed to maybe losing like, you know, 10 out of 13 or, or you know, three points out of a possible 15. Right. And he's, he's a guy who, you know, like Eichel, you know, before it was just kind of Eichel's team and we're going to kind of get to right. Jack here in a little bit, but you know, Darlene is, he's a guy where you, like you said, you can be on a bad streak and he's the type of player who has a talent that he can, in one game, he can take you out of it. He can take over a game similar to what, you know, we saw yesterday and, you know, against Minnesota, I mean, arguably he, he carried that team overtime. Yeah. He carried that team offensively. He generated both goals. He scored the tying one and he got the one that got you back in the game. He set that up. So, you know, it's, it's good to see the defense contributing. Not only Darlene, McCabe, mm-hmm. uh, Gojian's popped a few, Ristolainen, you know, you've had Bolu give you a few here when he's been in the lineup. So it's, you know, I mean, right now, Darlene, you know, he didn't give you a lot in the beginning, but he's on pace for eight goals, 33 assists with just 41 points. Uh, you know, we kind of talked about this before the podcast started. You know, say what you will, I still think it's, you know, Elias Patterson's racing off for the Calder. But if Darlene gets around 45, 50 points, he is going to be right there with him unless Patterson goes silly. So that's, Especially if this team finds a way to make the playoffs. Right, right. So that's something to definitely keep an eye on going forward. But overall, I mean, there's still, and we talked about it for the, before the Tampa game, there's still some things defensively uh-huh. that are not great with this team. And there's still a lot of work to be done on this defense. And Thinking but, about the, uh, well, the the Winnipeg game, when Carter Hutton for the first time actually got visibly angry. Yeah, with uh, the puck Truba, in the corner. Yeah. yeah, when Truba was able to just walk around Skinner and literally could have driven a truck you could have taken a zamboni from where truba was at the blue line in the way to the net there's nobody there and he luckily he just wound up and took a slap shot uh but yeah when he made that save he, he flipped the puck and smacked it into the corner so I, I mean there's there's gaps there's there's things that they can work on but you said they've won five straight with those those gaps still going on and, and real quick too with the Darlene thing the funny thing is on that really nice pass play he made uh, for the first goal of minnesota who scored it McCabe at the goal line. Right. So, right. So he had both defensemen <laughs> below the hash marks, basically. <laughs> Which is a little scary to think about. <laughs> it is. <laughs> but they scored. So, I, I mean, uh, and, and that's where I think you can see uh, the good of Housley starting to take effect, where the defense are active. They're, they're in the offensive zone and thinking, how can I get to the net? How can I find the soft spot in the defense of the other team and score? And uh, if, if Dowling can make a move like that, it's going to open up passing lanes like that, and there was literally nobody there to uh, to watch McCabe back door, and, and that was a pretty easy tap in. So, I mean, you're starting to see the D. There's a, there's stuff that they definitely have to clean up in the the defensive zone, but in the offensive zone, I think the defense is finally coming together and uh, understanding how they're supposed to activate as a five man unit as opposed to three forwards with two D staying back. I mean, just looking at it, they, at this point last year, we were talking about how we had what one, two maybe goals yep, from D. Yep. Uh, and you got, what, Darlene with two, Risto with two, McCabe with two, Scandella with one, Beaulieu with two, Bogle with one. So you got the oh, – every defenseman has scored to this point except Nelson. So the secondary scoring is still a little iffy, but if you're getting that scoring from the D, which you talked about last week, uh, it can go a long way. You know, it's – Especially know, when what, you're winning one-goal games. Well, yeah, of course. And that's what I'm going to jump to next is, you know, we talk about how, you know, Good things have been, you know, offensively, and you're getting offense from your defense. Well, as we mentioned too, the defense hasn't been great, but if, when the defense isn't good, you've had your, 
goaltenders are, especially Hutton. You know, it's it's not hard to argue that Hutton definitely slowed you two points against Tampa, and at the very least got you a good chance to at least get a point out of Winnipeg. And you get two. He stands. I don't think he stands on his head, but he makes some great saves in the shootout on some really good players. Yep. And then Allmark, you know, to his credit, he had a rough start in Montreal's last start. Two goals on him quickly in Minnesota, and you're kind of thinking, eh. And but he he locks it down. He has that strong mentality where he after those two goals, he you know, I mean the Minnesota kept coming, and he didn't give up that third goal to really put you know get the Sabers out of the game. He locked it down. He made some good saves, and nothing beyond that. So you know when you have two goaltenders who are heavy ability to play that well, and especially Hutt right now who's just in a groove, it, it gives your team confidence that. Of course, you don't want to make mistakes defensively, but if you do make a mistake, it's okay because your goaltender is going to bail you out. You know, you mentioned Leonard last year. Say what you will, the uh-huh. last two years, not a lot was Leonard's fault, but there was most cases you have a breakdown defensively. It's not a lot of confidence your goaltender is going to bail you out. Where this year, so far through twenty games, it's the polar opposite. Yeah, I mean, I think not to get out of Leonard, but because I said we wouldn't have to talk about it. Right, far. right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah. To your point, it was there's a lot of things where. He didn't. He wasn't making those saves that you know would have been nice to have. Where Allmark and Hutton are making those saves this year, but there was just so much of a, a breakdown in the defense where you know breakaway. It looked a lot of the the early Colorado game this year. You're seeing a lot of that last year. So yep, yep. But yeah, I, I mean the the fact that you have two guys back there. I mean, even just some of the saves that Hutton made, that glove save, I still have dreams about. Oh yeah, um, in the uh, that's a Vancouver game, right? Vegas. Oh yeah, Vancouver. So, but yeah, I mean, just he, a lot of just he's he's very like very steady. He, he gets post to post easily. He's very square. I mean, the Vancouver save obviously is flashy, but he really didn't have to make anything too flashy because he's in the right position. And His rebound control is exceptional too. There's not many times where really I'm thinking, "Oh, that's a bad rebound." Where he he always either puts he it in the corner or sticks Allmark. to him. Yeah, right. But yeah, Hutton, it's just everything sticking to him. Yeah, not a lot of rebounds at all. Um, and that was the thing, even with uh, Winnipeg's backup. I was just pray like get some shots on that because he was looking really yeah. shaky. Yeah. Lots of rebounds. Even the Darlene shot early, uh, it was high. He couldn't really control that one. There's, there's a lot of pucks laying around the net. So uh, the opportunity was there against Winnipeg. They just obviously it's a really good team. They're controlling most of the play. So, uh, but again, back to our goalies. It's just they are not only keeping you in games, but they're they're making the saves, it, the timely saves that gives them the opportunity to stay in the game and then find those timely goals near the end where, I mean, basically right now you got the comeback kids. And you kind of wonder, you know, a lot of it is, this is fun, that's exciting, but where does it, where does the fallback come here? You know, where it's, you know, it's something we talk about with Pominville is the cliff is coming eventually. And it looks like we finally got to the cliff. And then there was last night when he got back with Skinner Michael again, I'm assuming they're going to be back together again in, you know, in Pittsburgh. So carefully, you might get another email. I, I might get another email. I, I did get chirped, but I, <laughs> I admitted I was wrong there. I mean, I, I railed Housley hard for that one, and sure enough, he, you know, said we go about Palmaville, but you keep, because it, it, it just, I think it's the nature of the last few years where, like, yeah, this is, it, it, this ride is awesome, but I feel like somebody in here in a second's going to come slap the hands of reality back on me. You know, it's, you know, you and I texting throughout games back and forth, we keep saying, okay, this game looks like it's a reality check. Oh, wait, they won. Oh, this game's a reality check. Oh, wait, they won again. And it's, <laughs> you know, it's, it, it, you, you kind of wonder when that game's going to be, okay, this is actually the reality check. And, you know, you have players like Skinner, you know, who's shooting at a 21% right now. Pomeville's at 19% shooting rate. 
Uh, even Shiri is high at 16.7. But the flip side of it, which I'm actually writing an article about now that's going to come out tomorrow or today when you're listening to it, whatever you be out if you're listening to it on Monday. But, you know, you have three players in Eichel who's shooting at 5%. Uh, Sam Reinhardt shooting at 5.3%. And Casey Middlestad is shooting at 6.3%. So while Skinner and Pominville are going to, in theory, come down. I mean, their season's guys have, you know, high shooting percentages, but in theory they're going to come down. You know, Eichel, Reinhardt, and Middlestat can kind of be guys, as they're coming down, they're going up. So, mm-hmm. in you know, in, like I said, in theory, your offense, that, yeah, right, your offense, as some players dip, you can have other players come, you know, come in and stand up for you, you know. I mean, Eichel specifically, and he's, He's got 80 shots, which leads the team by a lot. He's fifth in the league in shots, but he's shooting at a 5% rate right now. You know, and it's some of that is you're going to see when I write about it. I'm not going to get into all of it here. It's kind of hard to break down over a podcast, but, you know, his shots are, you know, he's not shooting from great shooting spots, but part of you makes, part of that makes you wonder, is he playing differently being with Skinner and Pominville, who are two guys who have proven they can finish, and he's never played with a guy like Skinner. Is he more going into the playmaker role where the last two years, the three years of his career he's been in Buffalo, if Jack Eichel's not scoring goals, neither are the Sabres. Where this year uh-huh. doesn't have to be that way. There's, there's Sheary here. There's Middlestat. There's, you know, Reinhardt when he is going. You know, Skinner, of course. Pominville scoring goals. You know, it's he can be the guy where, you know, right now he's on pace for 16 goals, 74 assists, which is 90 points. If he finishes that way, I am not any way, shape, or going to be mad. He can have one goal and 99 assists. And it's going to be the same as having 99 goals on one assist. Like I, I don't care. Either way, he's generating offense, and he's been on the ice for 100 goals, whether he's scoring or somebody else's. So I'm not too worried about that, and I'm really not even too worried about his shooting percentage. You know, it, it is what it is. And if he's going to be that top-line playmaker that doesn't need to score 35 goals for your team to be a playoff team, then I'm all about that, and I really have no worries about it. Well, the thing is where I think you can see this team – improve even more and where they can kind of keep the hot streaks going. And we're really going to see Jack score more as a power play. Power right. play struggled. They're 21st in the league right now. I don't just over 18%. And that's Reinhardt's uh, bread and butter too. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that first unit with the, the amount of talent, especially if Darlene sticks around in that top unit, um, I can definitely see that creeping back into the middle to even like 10 to 15 range uh, over the next Brickle couple games here. Oh my goodness! That is just—I <laughs> mean, it's—it's it's easy to make fun of that, but the fact that he took a hooking call like ten minutes in because he didn't move his feet from his oh, front of the net—I know, net, I know. I just wanted to shoot him to the moon at that point. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully Berglund gets off that unit pretty quick. But I mean, it, it, overall, I mean, if you got Skinner, Michael, Darlene, Reinhardt—I mean, the the amount of talent right there—I I don't see them being a bottom third power play unit. Um, so I would look for that to turn around, and if that does, I mean, you have Philly, who's the worst penalty kill team in the league coming up here. Uh, if you can just, you know, move your feet and get those power play opportunities, I definitely think this little stretch, if they're going to, you know, win two out of three or, or keep that hot streak alive, I think they're going to do it through the power play. No, I'm with you there. And, you know, it's a lot of that power play, as I think teams have figured out, it, it runs through Eichel. It's, it's kind of getting that, trying to get that one-timer shot through you know mm. and they did the one-timer shot or they try to do that little play below the net where it goes to Reinhardt and he kind of pops out in front and I think teams have picked up on that and maybe that's why Halsey throws Dalene up there because he's another playmaker you have out there and then 
you know, Skinner has been there, Middlestat's been there, and then, you know, Berglund, say what you will, I still don't think he should be there, but, you know, again, he adds no. a different dimension, I, mean, I guess you could say, you know, but the, still. The fact that Housley said he put him on the first power play unit because he has a killer slap shot, and the guy's standing in front of the net, like. Right, right. Like, when are you going to see that, then? It's just, I don't know. For, for what he said, for the reason to put him on the unit, with where he was playing, just made zero sense. I think it was, and I think this is where you're still trying to see Housley grow as a, you know, a new head coach, um, a first-time head coach, I guess you could say, uh, where that, like, he's making some moves that are the right moves, like the Pominville Reinhardt thing. I think he's got a pretty good handle on when he should put that guy in the first unit, who's really going. Definitely, yep. The shootouts are going pretty well. I mean, even though it was weird to see Thompson before Skinner, um, say, I mean, say what you will about Skinner's shooting or shootout percentage, but... I mean, when you got a guy who's second in the league in goals, I, in my opinion, you throw him out, even if he thinks he's terrible at the shootout. Or at least before Tage Thompson. <laughs> exactly. So, I, I, But I think like Berglund here is a, a case where, yes, you've got a lot of games and a lot of nights, and Rodriguez kind of falls into this bucket too, where he's kind of overthinking, overcoaching. Where, eh, you know, Berglund's got a nice slap shot, and he's, he's well-rested, so let's give him more minutes and put him on the power play. Like I, I get the train of thought, but it just like I think it's just you're thinking too much. Uh, where you just put your best guys out there, put your best five man unit out there, let them go score, uh, and then if, if need be, you roll the second unit. But and then with Rodriguez too, I think it's just he hasn't scored, so it gives him a, a reason to be able to sit him. And now because you're winning, he's sitting more games than he should. Not that he should have had any. Um, so I, I think you're you're starting to see and like the defense we talked about too. So you're starting to see the good. But there's definitely still some areas where he, as a first-time head coach, can improve. And I think the nice thing about that is if he is going to be you know, the coach of the future that sees his team into their better years, um, he's going to have to grow with them. The team is starting to win now. I think it's a tribute to the talent that is on the roster now. Um, but if he can kind of grow with it too, uh, obviously it'll be only more good things to come. Yeah, I'm not going to get too far down the, the Thompson Rodriguez wormhole. I mean, honestly, because you know, you can just go to my Twitter feed and see how I feel about that. But it's, you know, there's so many. It's odd in general with Thompson, you know. And I wrote about it too, where if you're if you're going to keep him here, I feel like they don't know what to do with him, right? right. And if you're going to keep him here, the situations you have to put him in, like instead of, I'm not saying in the top unit, but instead of putting Berglund on the power play, why don't you put Thompson on there and see if he can get a shot off and see how that goes for you? You know, not playing him with you know Gergensen and Larson. Where I mean, say what you will. Grievances and Larson have been effective in what they're doing, but that's not the role that Thompson needs to play too. You know, so it's. Mm-hmm. I think there's yeah, he no. can't play that defensive role. No, there's no business. He, just, he looks like a here. guy that's he's, a, he's. He's still young enough where he kind of. He looks goofy at this, like the size of his body. Like he still doesn't understand. He doesn't know how to use it at this level. Yet. That's what it, exactly. No. like he'll he'll skate, and when he's going to the front of the net, like as soon as a defenseman touches him, he's down, or like he, it's just yeah, he just he's not. I, he looks like he's just not comfortable in his body. He he doesn't understand how to use his size, and it's just something that you would think is worked on in the AHL. So not video and coaching, you know. And you're right; it's playing games. It, it's it's building confidence. I mean, playing him, you know, it's nice to be playing NHL and getting an NHL game check, but I think playing him in this role is not doing anything for his, you know, his development or his confidence. Don't put him down where he doesn't have to go against Dustin Bufflin again destroys yeah Everything, it, exactly you, know? you put him on a yeah. line with you know nylander or with malone or with olofsson and just 
Put him around good players. Put him in a top six role in the minors and let him score some goals and get some confidence. You know, and I mean, what what are you going to do to Rochester? I mean, Rochester. I mean, I feel like this is your opportunity. You know, Rochester lost two games. You know, they got three out of six points. One went to overtime, but you know, this might be your opportunity where okay, Rochester's winning streak has ended. You know, let's pop. You know, after the Pittsburgh game, you know, you don't play again until Wednesday, and then Amrix are you know back at a Friday. Send him down. You know, you have Ellie here. If you need somebody, he just practice in Rochester and call him right back up again if somebody gets hurt or somebody slips on a mat or something. You know, but I, I just, I can't, and it, and it can't be that we're going to keep him here until Scott Wilson is back. It just, it, it doesn't make any yeah. sense. There's no need for it. You have Ellie just sitting there. And honestly, in these games, I would have rather had Ellie speed and energy playing over you know, over Thompson. Never mind. Never mind Rodriguez. Like sitting out. If you're not going to play Rodriguez, and fine, play Ellie and let him. You know, at least I think he can play that role or do something with that speed and his style that he plays. So it's, I don't know. It's like I said. I don't want to get too far down it, but it's, it's still it's mind boggling to me. I think there's something more there. Like there, there should be no reason for it, but the. Tim, like, did they promise him the trade for him? He's gonna get so oh, many games, he or right? He he's when he got traded uh, for, he's like, oh, I'm gonna be in a top six. six role, and like, okay, bud, like, I can find <laughs> it. Yeah. That's yeah. A, I mean, I can't imagine this is really it, but it looks from the outside looking in, it looks like they just feel bad that they said that or he thought that, and so they're just like kind of keeping him around, throwing him in games. When I mean, at this point, let's be honest, he really has no business being there. No, and it's, you know, we'll see how much longer this goes. But, I mean, I, I keep saying it like every podcast. Like, oh, yeah, I'd be surprised if Thompson is here the next time we talk. And sure enough, he's here and he's here and he's here. So I'm going to stop saying that at this point and we'll kind of see when the day comes. But, you know, if everybody else could see it, I don't know how that coaching staff and how the general manager doesn't see it, but I don't know. Do. I mean, yeah, there's just a reason. There has to be. So overall, though, kind of getting back to the team picture, I mean, this is a team – Again, it's it's kind of crazy, but you can kind of look at their team numbers. There's some big differentials. I was telling about before the podcast started. You know, there's right now in November they're at three point six three goals a game. Last year in November they were one point nine two goals four per game. You know, they're at two point six three goals against per game. Last year they were at three point one five. They're on pace for two hundred forty six goals this year. They had one hundred ninety eight last year. They're getting more shots on net per game. I mean, it's. It's a lot of things that you're seeing. You know, you can definitely see the improvement. Uh, the five-on-five five game, you know, there's been some struggles recently against Tampa Bay and Winnipeg, but it's not as huge of an issue as it was. Strength. Right, Both it's not the big of an issue as it was at the beginning of the season, but we worried about even strength scoring. So there's there's improvement and there's growth and there's, you know, development. And it's, like I said, it, there's it still feels like, that at some point the wall is going to come here. I mean, obviously they're going to lose a game. They're not going to win, you know, 30 in a row by any means or anything. But it's it, – there's there's things to say that, yeah, they're going to drop off here or at least come back to earth a little bit in a way. But it was also things you could say, well, this isn't happening yet, this isn't happening yet. So there's a reason to believe that if they do dip, it's not by much. I mean, you're, uh-huh. I think, five points up on the last wild card place. You're sitting at – Third right now in the Atlantic Division, you have. Can you say that again, real quick? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it that that is kind of crazy. I mean, and, you know, it's. I, I mean, you have injuries in that division. Boston's whole defense is beat up. Toronto's right. without Matthews, but they continue to win. Tampa Bay just lost Vasilevsky for four to six weeks. 
Uh, Palat's I mean, Mont- been out for a while. I mean, Palat's been out for a while. Montreal's a surprise. You know, Max Domi is playing out of his mind. You're going to see them again for the third time on Friday. But I, I don't know. I, I feel like the opportunity is there. The Metro is down. Washington has some guys hurt. The Rangers and the Islanders. I mean, Islanders got lit up by Dallas tonight. Or not earlier today. Crosby tomorrow. Yeah, we're not going to see Crosby tomorrow. Pittsburgh is a mess right now. You don't want to let them off the mat. So there's a lot going in your favor right now. And, you know, I keep telling you is at this point, while the luck's in your favor, before it flips against you, you just need to create some padding and some buffer here. So when you do hit a slide, you don't mm-hmm. fall four or five points out of a playoff spot. You're still very much in this. And, you know, that... Thanksgiving and a November deadline is coming around here where we talked about the last podcast where the majority of the teams that are in playoff spots hold that playoff spot come the end of the season. So, you know, we're running the race here towards the end of November. And, you know, if they're in that spot, then I, I think we're definitely talking about a playoff team around here or at least very least in the conversation for sure. So that's – I think it's – for both of us, I, I think it's a conversation we didn't really expect to have this season. We thought maybe a mid-80-point team, but – Mm-hmm. For a team that, at the very least, seems like as of now they're going to be a real concern in those playoff races, you know, pretty excited looking forward to the next sixty-two games. Yeah, definitely. And even to, to piggyback off of what you were saying, they're tenth in the league in shots, and the team shooting percentage is twenty-first. So if they can continue their shot rate, you would imagine the shooting percentage would probably come up too. Right. Especially what we're talking about with Eichel and Reinhardt and Middlestad. Middlestad, I swear, he is just. He's on the brink. He, he's one game. he, needs, like he, needs, a a, a he needs a Darlene game. That's what he needs. He, needs he a really Darlene does. He's, he's right there. He's, I see a lot of good things. It's just he cannot find the back of the net. I mean, I know he's found it twice this season. But, um, yeah, I just I can't, I can't not see him kind of taking off at some point here. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, overall as a team, they're just – there's a lot of good things. That, and, and the, in general, advanced stat-wise, they're, they're an average team. They're basically – Almost like, like right the definition of, of average. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the thing is, though, is you're finding, I mean, the last five games, they won by a goal. They easily could have lost any of those last five games. So if you're an average team that's just happening to find ways to win, you know what that usually is by the end of the season? That's a team that's not into the playoffs. And you're saying, yep. you know, it's because you had that five-game win streak or maybe it's six. And they're, you know, they're an average team that basically was, you know, 500 hockey, but they found some overtime wins. They found some shootout wins. I could definitely see, was it Florida a year or two ago? Yeah, all those shootout wins, yep. Yeah, they had like 13 shootout wins and overtime wins, and they found a way to get in. And then getting in is the name of the game, basically. So for the Sabres to have won, you know, three out of five in a shootout and overtime, I think those are the ones that they can keep finding a way to at least get a point, if not two, in these extra minute games, that's when you're going to look back at the end of the season and see, well, this is what it was that got them over the hump, and that's why they got, you know, 94, 92, and that's why they got in. So I, I would think it's, I wouldn't really necessarily look for a huge drop off here. I, I'd say that they're an average team that's just getting lucky, and with that luck, they're finding ways to win. And it's not even just, you know, three out of five, four out of five, it's five out of five. So if they can continue the rest of this month, you got some good teams in here again, but I mean, you continue the rest of the month and even just play 500 hockey. I mean, you're looking at you're looking pretty darn good going into the month of December. You know, it's yeah. I think you made a good point there. Every year there's that team. You get to the end of the season, you're like, how did someone so make the playoffs? Oh, look at their look at their record in one goal games. Oh, their goaltender had a nine two five save percentage. 
oh, so-and-so player shot a 25% shooting percentage this season and had 40 goals. I mean, that that's, you know, that's, that could be the Sabres this year. Look at their record in one-goal games. Look at Jeff Skinner, who could have, there's no reason he can't have 40 goals the way he's playing right now with Heichel. Look at Carter Hutton, how he's playing. You have Darlene, who's coming into his own. You have a young team with Eichel and Reinhardt and Middlestad who could get going. And don't, don't forget to mention, arguably the third best defender in this team right now in this organization is playing in Rochester. So, you know, I mean, he's the Lawrence Pilot, who's tied after today, tied for the league in points in the entire AHL as a defenseman in his first pro season. I mean, you see highlights of that kid all the time of what he's doing and how much offense he's generating down in Rochester. You know, his day is coming. I don't know if it's going to be soon, but eventually by January, I think January, February at the very latest, that kid's going to be up here, and that's going to be another guy like Darlene who can just, I mean, not as good probably, but still can distribute the puck better than Skindel or Nelson or Bogosian. And and that only gets guys like Eichel and Skinner and Reinhardt and Sheary, gets them up the ice quicker, gets the puck out of your zone. And and that's that's the name of the game here. It's getting the puck out of your zone which they've been better at this year with the breakouts in transition and getting the puck up the ice, which is why they're giving up less goals and they're not giving up as many great opportunities against. It's because they're getting the puck out of their zone where they could have in the past. And, you know, that's really exciting to watch. And, you know, adding a player like that to the mix too, you know, down the road, it's something to look forward to. And, you know, that that's a good thing too. And, you know, I mean, I don't want to get ahead of myself here, but you're going to come up in the deadline here. You have a lot of ammo, and you can add another piece too. So it's you just speaking you just, of not knowing what to do, huh? right? You you just got to get in the dance, baby. Just get in the dance, and then from there, it's it's anyone's game. You know, I'm not going to by any means say they're a, they're a cup team or anything, but just get in there. Gets if, if anything, it's it's what we talked about in the past. Yeah. Exactly, get playoff experience for this young roster, because then in two years, that 2020 plan we talked about two months ago. If you have two years of playoff experience, in two years, it's it's go time. You know, it, it is then you can be a legitimate cup contender, and you know you can beat Winnipeg, you can beat Toronto, a young team on the rise that is going to be a dangerous team in this league for years. And I think that's what they're striving to be. Yeah, I mean, you hit it right on the head. And I think it's the closer that this team gets. And now we do have sixty-two games to go, so I want to temper those expectations. But the closer this team gets to the playoffs. The, I mean, just if they can somehow squeeze out an extra year, like you're just saying, of playoff experience for this team that all they talked about for the last three years, they're you know they're a young team, they're starting to turn over, and they just can't find a way to win. It's you know that's where you'll get the culture conversation and yada yada yada. But if you can, I do believe that if you can just find a way this year to, to even just sneak in, and you can get those, you know, even if it's just you know six games. That I don't care. Get swept in round one. I don't care. As long as you're in, you know, you're in, way. right? Right. It can go a long way to confidence and, and being able to build on that next season. Yeah. I, I mean, they're tw- tied in 25th for the youngest team in the league. So, or, you know, 25th is going from oldest to youngest. Right. Um, so, I mean, they're a really young team. They're finding ways to win. Real quick, too, shout out to Gergensons and Larson. Gergensons, actually, the other day, if you noticed, had the puck and Spun turned around. around and and I knew you'd see Larson it. Yeah. did it too. Larson did it too the other day. I think it was. So, I think it was the Winnipeg game. The same thing. Hey, we we write down a lot. How and I still think they could have found their way off this roster to start the season. But as of right now, they're playing well. They're you know they're in that role that they should be. You know, shut down 
Larry's actually pretty good at it, and I think we forget that because he played really well before the injury, and I think I've even brought this up before, but and then he played terrible when he got back, and I, I think he's kind of getting back to the old Larry where, you know, he, he can play a really good defensively shutdown game for you, and then he still has the shot to, even though he's he is driving me nuts, where he's, he's had a lot of chances around the net, and he's just not finding it. Um, but again, that's another guy where 14 games, really, he doesn't have a goal yet. And I, I think Larson, there's one coming soon. Um, now you're not going to see some kind of explosion like I expect from Middlestad, but I definitely think you'll see a little bit of secondary scoring here from Larson and Gergis they're playing well. Um, so real, I just wanted to shout out to them. But yeah, I mean, you're a young team. If you can just, it's weird to say, but I mean, it's pretty much in your hands now. You just got to play a little above 500 hockey from here on out, and you're pretty much getting in as a wild card uh, into the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, you know, Larson, we could see what he pulled off in Vancouver, right, where he came through the ice and looked like Jack Eichel when he played on Eichel's line when Eichel was out and <laughs> dangled through the Vancouver and got a nice shot. <laughs> so he has that ability. I mean, you know, we don't see it consistently, but that's kind of cool to kind of see him pull it out from time to time. So, like we said, it's... It's fun. You know, it, it's good to talk about. It's good to have a podcast like this and have 41 minutes here roll on by. So that's uh-huh. that's definitely the fun, exciting part, uh, and hopefully it continues. And, you know, we have four games and six nights here with Pittsburgh tomorrow or today, Philly on Wednesday, Montreal Friday, just heard on Saturday. So, you know, we'll see in the next, you know, I'm sure we'll be on here again. You know, with Thanksgiving, I'll leave another podcast in. But definitely my next weekend, you know, we'll talk again where we are and, I think at the very least, we're still having a conversation about a team that's sitting in the playoff spot, and we'll see uh-huh. where it's going from there. You know, for all I know, we can be at like a what? We can be at a nine-game winning streak, which I doubt. But if they are, it'll be it'll be fun to talk about for sure. So, yeah, you know, let me say you can you can definitely see. I mean, depending on how tired they get, you can definitely see two, possibly three out of four here. Yeah, I, mean, I was looking up stats right before, and I mean, do you know how Pittsburgh's record for this month? I know you said they've been bad. You know how bad? No, I, I don't. I I well, don't even know. But they won like two one, games this month. One, one game. One in seven. Jeez, man. The only team they beat in Arizona. So Pittsburgh, hmm. talk about not getting a team off the mat. They are struggling and struggling hard. Now they were down five one to Ottawa, um, and they did come back a little bit. I think they lost five three or six three. Uh, I mean, they still have a really good power play unit, seventh in the league. Penalty kill is right in the middle, so. I mean, you're not seeing Crosby. I think these are the games where you have to take advantage. I, Not that I would be upset because they just had a five-game w- winning streak, but uh, I think I'd be a little bit upset. I know you're going to pull out the what they have won in Pittsburgh since, what, 2013? Yep. I'll score 35-19 in those since then. <laughs> but this should be it. This should be the game. It's a, yeah. it's a defense that is struggling mightily. They just gave up six to Ottawa. Um, no Crosby. Uh, I think you kind of want this one tomorrow. And then Philly... It's funny, I actually thought they were playing really well as of late, and they did win five of six, but they've lost their last three. They just lost Elliott, so you're going to get probably an AHL goaltender when they roll through on Wednesday. So That's the other thing, too. You're seeing a lot of backups. Yep. Which is nice. Uh, it's a team's, it's like you got to take advantage, team's not thinking the Sabres are who they are because of who they've been the last three years, and uh, they're finding ways to take advantage of that. But yeah, Philly... Uh, they lost three straight. They will be a well-rested team, though. They don't play. They played yesterday. They don't play again until they play the Sabres again on Wednesday. However, they're not a good special teams team. So that's a game where you really need to keep your feet moving. A lot of give and goes. Find those penalties because they are last in the league in the power play, or in the penalty kill. 
and only 23rd on the power play. So if you can turn that into a special teams battle, Philly becomes a winnable game. And then, <laughs> funny, it's super weird to say this, but Montreal and Detroit are at least currently the two teams that are kind of going. Uh, Montreal's won three out of four. Their power play is not good, but their penalty kill is. I think Detroit is something like, what, seven, one, and two in their last yeah, 10 That sounds right, yeah. Crazy. They, I think they were one and seven to start the season. They won seven of their last 10. So Detroit, though, still I don't think they're really a good team. So if you can find a way to to get two out of four here, I think it's it'll be a good week, and it sets you up for a couple tough games then the, the month of November. So I would expect to get to what we want here. I'm thinking five of eight. Uh, I, I think I know it's asking for a lot because you just won five straight, but if you can take five out of eight here going into the end of the month, the last week of the month, San Jose, Tampa Bay, Florida, um, I really think it just becomes not whatever, but <laughs> you know what I mean? Like anything at yeah, that point is definitely. kind of nice to have. Um, so yeah, I, I look for another good week here. Hopefully they can keep it up. Uh, and then the last week of the month just becomes gravy, which is crazy to say. I know. I know. It, the stretch has bought you so much cushion. It's, it's crazy. So it's <laughs> Still got it. Still one thing. Got we've, it. One thing we talked about, which I'll, I'll mention briefly is if you're going to pull four and out here, what happens consequently of that is your bar gets raised. And you can't go 4-0 here and then get one of, what, one of three or even go 0-3 against Philadelphia, Montreal, and Detroit. I feel like, you know, people won't take kindly to that. So that's, you know, yeah, we'll well, see. That's why we're here. Exactly, exactly. Remind you of the team that they really are. And it's <laughs> it really is. It's uh, They're playing above expectation right now, but I still think they're probably, I mean, does the bar raise a little bit? I think maybe instead of an 86 team, maybe you're looking at that 92 Either way, I think they're going to be right there in the playoff mix. So um, even if something like that does happen this week, which I, I, I can't expect, I, I don't think it will, but who knows? I thought they were going to lose to Tampa 63. Right, and, you know, it's – I said to you earlier, they, they can be an average team, 16 teams playing this playoff, so all you have to be is average to get in, right? I mean, that's really all you have to be. That's a good point. Yeah, it was really good when you said that. So – yeah, I mean, I, I think Bill kind of covered your look ahead there pretty well. You know, he gave you some numbers, he gave you some stats, and what to kind of look forward to and what you're expecting moving forward. So that's, you know, Montreal has been two fun games so far this season. I'm kind of looking forward to that game the day after Thanksgiving. That should be kind of a party. And then, you know, it's always a good time the night before Thanksgiving, too. You know, the Sabres always have that game against the Flyers. And it's the Flyers. It's not a division rival, but nonetheless a rival. So at the end of the day, you know, these should be some, some exciting games. And let's just keep Keep the dream alive, yes, you could say, right? Let's just keep trugging towards here. Let's let's cross some games off the schedule. Let's keep picking up points and close our eyes by the time February comes around and go, oh, look, they're still four points up on the playoff spot. Let's start talking some fun deadline stuff. So it'll be... I was just going to say, you do not know how excited I'll be if we get to talk. Dude. Buyer be a buyer, not a seller. <laughs> it's going to take me a, a podcast just to remember what that's like. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I will tell you, with like Pittsburgh making that move, uh, Haglin for Tanner Pearson, yep. and then the Spooner for Strom trade. <laughs> I had to talk about temper expectations. I had to, you know, stop the wheels for a second, spinning, thinking, hey, you know, who else is a bad team that might be want to buy a piece off right now? <laughs> right, uh, right. But that's unrealistic. So, but yeah, if we can get to that point, talking buyer would be a lot of fun. Absolutely, especially with first three first round picks. Yeah, that's right, cool. right. I mean. 
maybe two of them you can't move yet, depending on the condition, depending on what St. Louis does too. So if you know if they're going right. to be a bottom league team, at least that probably takes that pick out of the picture. But you get the other two to play with. Although I wouldn't move your own first round picks, and just leave San Jose. Anyways, uh, yeah. So we covered a lot. I think we talked about a lot. We look forward. We look back. We had some thrill here, some excitement, and. You know, I was looking forward to this podcast, and we couldn't say that a lot. Last year, you know, it's, huh. you know, I mean, last year it was a fight just to get a podcast in, and you know, it kind of, you know, took effect on how often we did podcasts. Where this year, we're looking forward to them. We're popping them out. It's a lot to talk about. It's exciting. It's fun. So that ride is enjoyable, and hopefully it keeps up here. And I don't know. Bill and I have to talk hockey, so if you want to keep talking with us, you know, as always, make sure you're interacting with either of us on our normal Twitter pages or Ben the Blade itself, that Bill runs at BTB Hockey. Bill will absolutely talk hockey with you there. Um, mm-hmm. You know, on Facebook as well, you can interact with us there at Beyond the Blade. And you can always listen to us pretty much anywhere. You know, iTunes, Google Play. Now it's iHeartRadio. It's Spotify. It's Spreaker. It's Stritcher. It's getting to the point where almost literally anywhere you can find a podcast, we're going to be there. So a lot of places to listen. You know, we appreciate you listeners. You know, we... Every week, every month, we continue to see the uptick in the numbers, and that's exciting, and it motivates us, and it keeps us trying to do the best we can to entertain you and give your ears some listening pleasure because, for now, the local radio station doesn't do that. So we're trying our best here to be the outlet for the hockey team that is exciting and not the boring, really bad football team. So I hope you're enjoying that as we do our best here. So we're Chad and Bill. We're going to be out of here this week. Everybody have a good Thanksgiving because I don't think we'll talk before then. Make sure you check out the podcast uh, we just released before this, Amherst Weekly with Keith Wozniak, some good stuff in there. And enjoy the next four games, and we'll talk again over the weekend. And hopefully the dream stays alive, as I said, Bill. Let's keep hope alive and playoffs. Keep eating those points. Gobble, gobble. (laughs) That's right. We'll talk to you soon. See you, everybody.